0: So, we both thought that it was a good stopping point last time.
1: We did, indeed.
0: Because I think we're just about to get to another big bulk of stuff to talk about. <laughs> um, So, I think to continue on, we were you were just getting into talking about, like, Uplift and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you had just started talking about, like, uh, when you first got there. So, what even happened... Like, Uplift was separate from the actual uh, psych ward, right? Yeah. Yep. So, being there is what caused you to go to the ward, right?
1: Right. Yeah. So they decide basically if you're going to, if they're gonna transfer you, and like if you're gonna stay long term at the psych ward.
0: Um, How was that process?
1: It was whack. So they did that yeah. like intake interview, but it was the middle of the night, right? So yeah. it was like three or four in the morning. So. I... Yeah, they did my weight. They fucked that up. Yep. The whole thing, right? So I knew that there were issues right from the start. And then they took me into the place and it was like this one, you know, kind of common room and there was like a picnic table basically in there where everyone would eat and just like a few chairs kind of around the room, but they were all like cushiony sort of um, like I don't know what you would even call them. Like reclining chairs basically. Yeah. and. That's what we used for beds too, were those reclining chairs. That's weird. So they're they're literally like hospital chairs. Like I'm sure you could look them up, but they basically recline all the way back into a quote unquote bed. It's mm-hmm. still a fucking chair yeah. that you're sleeping on and they just put sheets on it and you call it a bed. But um, so there was a separate room where all the kids were like sleeping basically yeah. on those chairs. Um, and then there was a TV in there and it was covered by like double paned glass. So, like, you couldn't, like, get into the TV. What the hell? Yeah. And, I mean, everything is just... It's... And the same thing goes for the psych ward, but the psych ward even more so. But everything is just, like, uh, injury-proof. Like, you can't... There's nothing you could do in there. Everything is you know, locked, it's all round edges, there's no...
0: Baby-proof to the max. Literally, completely.
1: Yeah. You have to ask for, you have to ask to go to the bathroom and they unlock it for you. There's just, like, one bathroom, they're timing you, then you come out.
0: Really? They're like, timing you?
1: Yeah, like, they're aware, and you can't, there's no locks on anything, obviously. Um, And you can only color with uh, markers and crayons. So there's no colored pencils or pencils, because it's too, they're too sharp. sharp. Wow. Yeah. So... We were in there, and I remember – so I went to sleep, so I didn't meet anyone, like, right off the bat. We woke up in the morning, and um, my skin at this point, too, was – I'd picked the fuck out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. it was completely – like, I – skin picking is something that I've dealt with for a really long time, and I'll go into that more later. But, like, I – it's something that, like, I – dealt with like a lot of shame about and still do. Um, but obviously I was going through a rough time. So my skin definitely reflected that too. So i had like scabs and stuff all over my face and, um, just like, it was very visible that something had happened, but to a lot of people it just looks like acne, but they just don't.
0: What is that? Recognize is it. there an actual term for,
1: yeah, it's called, um, it has a few different names, but it's called dermatillomania or excoriation disorder, skin picking disorder. It, Kind of goes by a few, depending on what you where you're looking. Yeah. Um But basically, my skin looks like shit. So I woke up in the morning, and um, and obviously I'm not wearing any makeup. It's not really what I'm considering at that point in time. Not what you're thinking about. Not right? exactly. Yeah. So I woke up in the morning, and I got to meet everyone. Um, they woke us all up 7 a.m. We went sat around the little table for breakfast, and uh, this kid was looking at me. Um and he I found out more about him after, but he was eight years old and his name was Steven. And I learned that later only because of how much the nurses like were screaming at him, like Steven, get oh, really? down, Steven. Okay. Like that's how I learned his name. But he looked at me across the table, mind you, we haven't met, we haven't said anything to each other. He's like literally eight. Yeah. And he's like, What's on your face? Yeah. I'm like, fuck me, this is not gonna go yeah. well. And he goes, am I going to look that ugly when I'm older? And I just like, no I just want to just break down crying. I didn't, I didn't cry. I don't know how, but I was just like, you're already at your lowest point. And then there's literally an eight year old like there to insult you.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't turn into anger.
1: I, I was just like, I just, punk. I was too like low at that point yeah, to even have sure. anger. It was just like sadness, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, but obviously I just had to be like, uh uh-huh, thanks, it's fine, and just, like, play it off. Yeah. And then... Um,
0: I wonder where that kid is now.
1: Yeah, that'd be very interesting to see. Yeah. But the two of us, so then we played cards later because there's nothing to do, mm-hmm. right? There is, You can color, you can play cards, you can maybe read a book if they have a certain um, book for you, and that's pretty much it. Um, and so we were playing cards... And he was like, shuffle. And I'm like, I can't shuffle. And I was 17 at the time. I was like, I, I don't know how to shuffle. He goes, you don't know how to shuffle? You're 17? That's pathetic. I'm
0: like, oh well, no. my
1: God. So keep in mind. Sock
0: this kid in the so face.
1: <laughs> these have been my interactions with him, right? They're obviously yeah. very unpleasant. And like, he literally is making me want to cry. And he's eight and I'm 17 and whatever. But he's like full on bullying me. Um,
0: <laughs> little kid, like
1: honestly and so we just like kept playing cards but i was just like oh my god this kid this is too much so later in the day i'm like sitting in the corner just like reading a book waiting to be seen by the psychiatrist who that's Mm. when after you would get transferred and um he starts like he's like jumping on the tables he starts making paper airplanes that he's like throwing all around the room and the nurses are like steven stop steven you need to get down you need to get down okay you can't be doing that He starts like throwing the paper airplanes like right at this other girl she's probably like nine or ten too and so they start like getting in a fight and a lot of the kids here too they like i said like sometimes they've come because the cops brought them there and they they're going through family issues or they've been violent at home Hmm. and he was ultimately one of those kids Hmm. um and so they kept yelling at the or the nurses kept being like steven you need to stop doing that you're creating a problem." And he started throwing, like, a full-on fit, like, temper tantrum to the max. Really? So they... He was, like, screaming and yelling, and they basically were like, you need to calm down. So they put him in one of the green little chairs, and they, like, rolled him out so that he was facing this little outdoor courtyard. Mm -hmm. And it it was literally a cement block. Like, it was just a cement little outside courtyard, quote-unquote, where there were just cement walls, like, 10, 12 feet high on all sides. And then there was... A little picnic table, and that's it. So it was like where you're supposed to go outside and play, but you can't see anything. Yeah, that
0: reminds me of like um, in prisons where they have like yes. meeting rooms, but it's outside. That's it's exactly what it's walls like. With one little table in yeah. the middle. That's weird. That's
1: exactly what it looks like. So they put him with the chair um, facing out out there, so that he would hopefully they were trying to get him to go outside to cool off. Um, he did not like that. So he turned around and was, like, facing the back of the chair and just started beating the shit out of it. Like, hardcore. Like, just punching, 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 punching. Would not stop. And his knuckles started bleeding. Like, that's how much he was hitting it and how hard he was hitting it. And then he started trying to, like, drop kick it. What? It was, dude, I've never seen anything like it. And the nurses, basically, at this point, were just, like, let him work it out. Like, he needs to just cool down. So they just kind of didn't really do anything about it. Yeah. And, um, and mind you, too. Like, I didn't say this part, too. But he was yelling every single curse word in the book. Yeah. Like, I was completely, like, I... I had no idea that an eight-year-old was even capable of knowing these yeah, kinds of words. words yeah. Like, literally, like, the worst words you can think of. Racial slurs, everything. Yeah. Like, he was, he, there was a black nurse, and he was calling her the N-word. Like, wow. that was how bad it was.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And um, so, basically, yeah, his knuckles, like, started bleeding, and he was crying, and it was just so bad. And so, even though he'd, like, fucking bullied me <laughs> earlier in the day, I went over... And I just sat crisscross applesauce on the floor next to him. And I was like, um, Steven, like, I, you know, what do you like to do? Who, you know, what do you watch for fun? What kind of movies do you like? And he, the first thing he said back to me, he goes, fuck off. And <laughs> and I was like, nope. And I just sat there and just kept asking him questions. And he was wearing a blue Superman t-shirt. So it was just such a weird juxtaposition between like the things he was saying and like his tiny little body, yeah. and little Superman shirt. Um, and I was like, so like, do you like Superman? Do you like Marvel movies? And he was ignoring me for like the first five minutes and I just stayed and kept like pestering him with questions. And I was like, um, do you like sports? What do you like to do? And finally he's like, yeah, I like football. I like watching football. And like, he was all quiet. And, um, I've learned that he did kickboxing, which mm. made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but he finally like started talking to me and then I grabbed a deck of cards and I was like, Hey, you know how you said it's pathetic that I can't shuffle. Do you want to teach me? Mm. And he was like, yeah. So he got down off the chair and he sat down, crisscross applesauce with me on the floor. And he was, we just did like magic tricks for the next like hour. And he t- taught me how to shuffle and romantic. Was so romantic. <laughs> it's our love story. Yeah. No, yeah. literally like is probably like 10 now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and so I just like, he, he calms down a lot and then he was just like a normal kid yeah just like laughing joking around wanting to show me these magic tricks yeah um and one of the nurses walked behind him and like mouthed like thank you to yeah. me um and then I remembered later that day I got called in to see the psychiatrist finally and he was like he like gave me a weird look when I came in and he was like, you're Casey. And I get that sometimes. Cause sometimes people see Casey and they think it's going to be a dude. And then it's me. Cause it's like a, it's mm, a unisex yeah. name pretty much. Um, and so I was like, I, that's what I thought it was. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm Casey. And he's like, I thought you were one of the nurses. I saw you with oh, Steven you, today. Yeah. I thought you were one of the new nurses. And I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> here. Cause I need treatment. Thanks. Yep. But I don't know. That was definitely just like a wake up call kind of moment where I was like, Oh, I actually can, like, help people, and I can actually, like, I don't know, connect with people in kind Mm -hmm. of a unique way. Um,
0: Do you think that, um, like, being in that place for him or even for you made it worse than it should have been because of how you were treated or just, like, the area you were in, environment? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I go back and forth on this one. Like, Uplift was definitely better than the psych hospital itself, Mm -hmm. but um, it was just yeah it was just a tough environment to be in because you weren't actually getting treatment like no there was no one helping you there was no one really to talk to it was just kind of sit here and wait yeah yeah. and so it which is it's you know things are bound to happen like kids are bound to get in fights stuff's kind of gonna go wrong but um i don't know i guess they were they were doing the best that they could but I still feel like there are probably some things there that could be fixed, but...
0: doesn't seem like they're funded well either.
1: No, not well. But then after that, uh, later that night, in the middle of the night, was when they transferred me to the psych hospital. Because
0: and... you didn't?
1: Because basically, like, they did the evaluation, and they were like, yeah, like, you should go stay at a psych hospital for a How bit. was
0: the evaluation? Like, what were they asking?
1: It's just stuff of, like, are, you know, how have you been feeling? What are you thinking right now? What do you think is the best? Especially because I was older, they were asking me, like, do you want to go, pretty much? Like, what are your feelings? Not that if I said no, that they would have been like, okay, then you don't have to go. But that they just kind of wanted to gauge if I was, like, willing to go or if I was going to, like, resist, sort of. Um, And, you know, are you actively thinking about harming yourself? Have you ever harmed yourself? All of these kinds of things. And, um, So, yeah. So it was determined that I should go. And I was I was in agreement with that. But one thing that was kind of stupid, but I understand it uh, was that they have to transfer you to the psych ward in an ambulance because they don't they can't just like give you back to your parents to drive you over there because then you could leave when you need to be checked in. So the thing is, they put you in an ambulance, but that means you got to pay for the fucking ambulance. Yeah, and aren't
0: the ambulance is like thousands of yes. dollars. Yes,
1: yeah. and it's so that part to me was really frustrating because it was like I'm not resisting. Yeah, you know I'm totally I'm willing to do go. This, yeah. yeah, and like I understand it's because legally, then once they book you on a 5150, which is basically Crazy. where they're committing you, um, they the government is responsible for you, so they can't exactly just let you go. So basically, um the ambulance took me and they like strap you into the ambulance and you know, there's not even sirens on anything. And it was like a 15 minute drive. Yeah. Um, but I remember that f- the paramedics like really pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. I was wearing a USC sweatshirt because it was my boyfriend's at the time. It was his sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. And so he'd given it to me. So I was wearing that. So it's like, you know, a comforting thing. And they were like, oh, you must be in college. Yeah, it's around that time for midterms. And so everyone's freaking out and going to the psych hospital, whatever. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, don't, first of all, don't talk to me that way. Second of all, like, that's so insensitive and just, like, straight up disrespectful Especially right now. Especially when you're in, like... You're in that state. Like, yeah. that's not what you need to hear. Like, oh, all these crazy college students getting all stressed out because midterms, like, you don't know anything about my life. Yeah, just assuming. So, yeah, it was just really frustrating. And... So then finally got to the psych ward. They checked me in again, middle of the night. And they spent more time explaining the rules to me than they did about anything of like how it was supposed to work. Yeah. So they spent... Yeah, they basically talked to me about, you know, there's no sexual activity. You can't kiss anyone. You can't do this. You can't do that. Um,
0: Thanks for telling me that I can't. Yeah. The guy next to me. No, literally.
1: And it's an all girls... You're on an all girls floor. Even better. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's just, you know, they're trying to cover all their bases but they didn't tell me like what time group therapy was in the morning or yeah. what i needed to do or, or anything even how the
0: process was exactly i like mean you
1: help. and then they you know they make you pee in a cup so you do a drug test they search your whole body which is very invasive mm. um and then you know you're in a gown for a little bit they give you like these little basically paper scrubs that you wear um and they take all your stuff, you know. So if you have anything on you, you can't wear anything with buttons, zippers, any kind of strings. They take everything. And yeah. I had even like a book and they, um, you know, it was a hardcover book. So I couldn't have that. So just like, like that I, I mean, could hit someone yeah, with okay. it, the anything, right? So basically I went to bed that night and I woke up in the morning and realized that I had missed group therapy because no one woke me up for it there's no like I can't set an alarm there's nothing I can do and the problem with that was every time like if you miss group therapy or if you didn't do like something that you were supposed to do you couldn't level up and so there were three levels and basically every time you leveled up you got more privileges like to go downstairs and get food instead of and like be able to choose your food from the cafeteria instead of having it just brought to you and being able to go outside so I couldn't level up Because I miss group therapy because no one told me that there was group Mm -hmm. therapy. So it was just like shit like that. And they forgot my meds one day.
0: Really? And I was
1: like, this is not okay. You can't miss my meds. And I told them, I was like, you guys haven't given me my meds yet. And they were like, sorry, pharmacy hasn't sent them up yet. I'm like, that's not, I can't not have these. Like, it was like my birth control too. I'm like, I can't exactly just like miss this. Mm -hmm. So That really pissed me off. They also tried to take my blood and I freaked the fuck out because I absolutely hate needles. And I was like, (laughs) no, you're not taking my blood. Like, you don't need it for anything. Yeah. Because they were like, we're going to do... They wanted to do a drug test or something. I'm like, first of all, I have no history of drugs. You can ask, like, my whole medical record, my whole family. Mm -hmm. Not an issue. I already peed in a cup for you and I'm not doing this. And they eventually were like, okay, fine. We won't do it. But I don't know. Just crazy shit in there. I just girls trying to fight each other Jesus. people just like having full on just like meltdowns at different points there was like one pay phone in there and so everyone would get wait for their turn and you got like a 15 minute phone call and um Did you have to pay for it no <laughs> thank god <laughs> but uh just they would you had showers where um you could only shower like every once every two days and they would the showers were like, you had to press the button to make it go, but it would only go, water would only come for 15 seconds and then you'd sure, have to sorry. press it again. So you're literally just banging the yeah. knob in the shower. And then you would have to, you have to rent a towel basically. So you have to ask for a towel right when you're going to shower and then you have to give it back right afterwards. And there are no towel hooks or anything to hang anything on. Mm-hmm. Um, they give you like a, basically what looks like a ketchup and mustard packet for body wash and shampoo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just like nothing you can do like everything is restricted they check in on you every 15 minutes in the middle of the night so you're basically being woken up constantly with someone shining a flashlight in your face and like trying to make sure you're still breathing basically so um the sheets are tearaway sheets so if you're trying if you try to do anything with the sheets they rip instantly um everything's round there's just yeah. It was just crazy. And I remember even going to one of the like group therapy sessions and man, it was fucked up. You're, first of all, you're not allowed to swear or anything on there. They went over that in the rules heavily, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. And I remember the therapist came into the room and she, the first thing she said was, I don't want to fucking be here. I'm just here to get my extra hours. And no we were, way. Literally. And I was like, Am I dreaming? Like, is this real life? Like, this feels like shit out of a movie. Yeah. The whole experience there felt like out of a movie. And um, she was like, I just need to get my extra hours. So raise your hand if you try to kill yourself. And, and first of all, too, you're not supposed to talk about anything relating to self-harm, suicide, mm-hmm. anything like that. Because the idea is, like, you don't want to give anyone else in there any ideas or anything. Like, you're not supposed to talk about anything graphic or to upset anyone basically so she was like raise your hand if you try to kill yourself which was like for sure against the rules something Mm -hmm. you're supposed to say and then people were going around like explaining what they had tried to do which was 100% not healthy and not what anyone should be doing and I just remember one of the girls being like yeah I heard voices that were telling me to kill myself so I brought a knife to school and tried to cut myself in the school bathroom and I'm just sitting there seeing these other girls like listening to that too and like nodding along almost and just I don't know it was just so unhealthy yeah and
0: almost accepting yeah,
1: yeah. Um, almost not yeah like accepting but also like encouraging you yeah know? where I was like this is not what this should be at all mm-hmm. and like there's a reason we're not supposed to talk about this stuff um but you know and then other girls talking about why they were there and they it was so heartbreaking and just like awful to hear because it was like my dad's in prison and my uncle has been living with us and he's been um sexually assaulting me for the last three years and this and that like just things that are just so hard to hear and yeah for sure i don't know it was just crazy and i remember thinking like there's no way anyone could have walked out of that feeling better like feeling like oh this helped this made me heal like it felt so bad and so unproductive that i was just like i I don't know. Just completely shocked at how shitty that care was.
0: Yeah, I bet that almost made it, made your stuff worse. Completely. Yeah. And
1: then I'm sitting there too feeling really guilty because I'm like, well, you know, maybe I'm over exaggerating or maybe I'm this and that. And that's and it the was worst thing to do. Completely. It was Can't it was compare. just so bad and so mismanaged and you know, so much money. There's they're lacking so much funding. There needs to be reform and different policies in place to make those facilities better. Because if I wasn't in the state of mind that I was in to at least be able to recognize like shit, crazy shit that was happening, then I don't know. I don't even know what would have happened. So,
0: yeah. How long were you in the actual like psych ward for?
1: I was there for three days. So it's 5150 is an automatic 72 hour hold. Okay. So even if you're better, quote unquote, or you want to leave, whatever, you're in there for 72 hours, no matter what. And then you have another evaluation where they decide if they're going to keep you there for longer or so if you're you going to go. So
0: you the second evaluation. Yeah, basically. So they let
1: you go. Right. And um, man, it was just crazy. You couldn't even really like go outside. There was like one little courtyard downstairs but you had to be a level two to go down to it and of Jesus. course i couldn't go because i didn't fucking level up and just how long did
0: you have to wait to get the you, a, whole, to a whole day oh my which goodness. there is
1: the whole time yeah. basically so um i yeah wow. i only got to go outside one time and just just kind of really crazy that that is the reality of things and yeah. um yeah, and I remember being discharged and it was just such a weird feeling coming home and like seeing people again and
0: yeah. even um, like even me listening to other podcasts mm-hmm. when there was an episode where someone was talking about their experience in the psych ward. Yeah. It brought me so much anxiety like, thinking just about thinking it. Thinking about being mm-hmm. there and like oh it was the worst feeling. Like I almost stopped listening to the podcast yeah. to, like I just can't handle the emotions that I come with like thinking about not knowing anyone, mm-hmm. being in a place basically just like the kind of like white wall feeling where you have like no nature yeah like no pictures or anything and just not having any rights to do anything completely so scary
1: it's it's like a really surreal situation to be in and then you know there are girls who were literally trying to fight each other yeah in there and then um i remember there was this girl who she was talking on the payphone i think to her family and she just like lost it and was just like screaming and crying and the nurses had to like come grab her and like sedate her basically like because you're not supposed to like especially on like any of the family phone calls or anything like that you're not supposed to um say anything or you know have any kind of conversation that could like upset you because they don't want people being upset in there or else it kind of like rubs off on the rest of the group yeah for sure um so just just crazy things like that and that we're I don't know. It was just really upsetting to see, especially because this facility was, quote-unquote, like, one of the best ones in California.
0: And for you, it was like, wow, this really is not and supposed to do what exactly the goal is, yeah.
1: And I don't know. And I felt lucky enough that I had that outsider perspective to kind of know that, like, this was inadequate care. Yeah. But some of the girls there are definitely just being like, oh, yeah, this is what it's supposed to look like. And it's crazy. And I remember one girl told me, too, she was like, either you're going to come here and this is your first time here and you're going to be back like a bunch of times or you're just going to come and you'll never be back again. It's wow. one or the other. And I was like, damn, that's it's kind of crazy. Like there there were girls who'd been there like seven or eight times.
0: That's probably a norm. Yeah. That's unbelievable.
1: So I don't know. It was just, it was a really weird environment, but also kind of like a wake-up call and kind of what I needed to... I honestly think they make it kind of miserable. So you're like, I just want to get out and do yeah. my other stuff.
0: Yeah. Um. I just want to act right so I don't have to...
1: Yeah, like I want to... It makes you want to enjoy being outside exactly, or want to enjoy yeah. things that you otherwise didn't it feel like you makes, got. It
0: makes you appreciate it a yeah. lot more, yeah. So... How was the process of leaving and coming back?
1: Yeah, it was weird. There was definitely just a lot... Like, I felt a lot of shame. I didn't really want to... I mean, I was fine talking about it, but I just it made me feel bad thinking that I made other people feel bad because I know obviously that by doing that more people than were aware of what I was going through. Maybe people who didn't know before who then felt bad. Like my, I know some of my friends were like, why didn't you tell us or yeah. that they felt kind of guilty. Um, so they, that part they, felt they shitty. Could
0: do Something about it, even though, even though they couldn't have. Yeah.
1: yeah. But it felt shitty knowing that I'd made other people feel bad, which is again, one of the hardest parts parts of dealing with mental health issues is it's like you're not trying to put that burden on someone else but sometimes you just feel like you kind of are so that sucks but i don't know it was weird it was weird going back to normal life and having things be quote unquote back to normal but
0: yeah did your parents pick you up from the yeah cardboard? my mom
1: did and she brought me one of my favorite bagels from those bagels
0: that's awesome
1: and it was yeah it's just a weird surreal movie moment kind of thing yeah
0: uh, were your siblings and your dad and like um greeting you when you came back basically yeah
1: it was i remember yeah it was my siblings my mom my ex-boyfriend and one of my best friends and they all greeted me when i came back and it was like it was super cool but also just felt super
0: weird yeah you how... know because
1: everyone knows where i would just been but no one's like really talking about it
0: yeah when did you at what point like was your relationship with your boyfriend at when this was happening
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I thought we were in a good place. Like, I thought that we were fine. We'd been dating for two-ish years at this point, something like Mm -hmm. that, two and a half years. Jeez. Um.
0: Do you... um?
1: We talked when I was there, too. Like, I, I used one of my calls to call him.
0: Yeah, did you... Dating for, like, two and a half years, were you at all, like, preparing yourself to, like, accept that this could be, like, the guy?
1: Um... Probably a little bit of me, especially just because of how much of a role he had played in my life that yeah. thus far because of my kind of, like, lack of connection with everyone else around me, mm-hmm. since, you know, because of my circumstances. So there was definitely, like, a little part of me that was like, okay, locked, done, found it, you know, this part yeah. is solid. Yeah. So I think I was kind of operating off of that assumption, which I shouldn't have been, but... Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know. I was I just wasn't very future thinking in general, especially like when you're depressed and when you're in that state, you're not really thinking years in the future cuz sometimes you can't see yourself years in the future. Yeah. Um so I just wasn't really thinking about it and um yeah, so then a few months later, so that was October. So by you know, my birthday was in December and then it was Christmas and it was all these good times and I was on I went on a trip and, um, you know, I'd felt that things were like a little bit off, but I just thought, I think in my head, I was just thinking like, I don't know, maybe you just go through that sometimes. Like sometimes yeah, people just kind is of, norm. yeah, just have like a little period of distance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which um, I
0: feel like a period of distance is so healthy for so many different right,
1: things. Right, right. So that's what I was kind of just thinking it was. Um, but it really didn't seem like anything big at all. And I definitely was not, like, thinking about it. Uh, And then it was, like, early January or something. And we had talked about, um, like, splitting up before college, kind of. And I didn't really want to because I knew I was doing another year of high school at this point. And, um, you know, I wanted to be with him. I was like, if we love each other, why wouldn't we just try to make it work somehow? Even though I knew that going into college, like, dating someone wasn't a great idea, I was like, if anything, maybe we'll just, like keep in touch sort of, but we don't have to be together, whatever. Right. Like I was trying to kind of figure out ways around it. And he was kind of more of like, let's break up for college. Let's break up, you know, kind of more pushing that. And, um, so then it came, but I, I of course assumed that that would mean like wait until right before you go to college, you know, or summer something like that. So yeah, it was like January and, um, we, we went ice skating the night that we broke up. we went ice skating before which like is so weird to think about um but then (laughs) right like
0: i I didn't even know that and that totally relates to like
1: your own experiences yeah Yeah. it was it was just so it was so weird and um this like song came on in the car and i don't know he said something like i love you or something like that and i was like no you don't like you want to break up and then we ended up having this like really long conversation we like parked the car somewhere and ended up talking for like three hours and it was just yeah i remember though just being like so distraught but almost like numb in a way like i just hadn't couldn't even really process what was happening and he you know basically expressed that he didn't have feelings for me anymore and
0: older being kind of thrown at you
1: yeah exactly just like so much to take in and especially just because he had been such a you know important figure in my life thus far and um and i remember we my car was at his house so we had to drive back to his house and um his mom came out and like he went inside basically told his mom and his mom came out crying and oh. like came over to me and was like i love you so much and like oh. giving me a hug and so now i'm like crying more because his mom's crying and you know, he's crying and it was just like such Cry a, fast. such a fucking mess. But yeah. yeah. um, So I left and yeah, I remember like coming home and talking to my mom about it. And I was like, I just like, I, I feel like I want to die right now. Like this just feels so bad. Yeah. Like if anyone's ever been through like a really serious breakup, like you just know it just, it doesn't, it feels like nothing else in the world. It's just such a yeah. shit feeling. And, um, so, but yeah, like I, after that, I really did like think I was fine. Yeah. Like in my head, I was like, you're doing great. You're like moving on. You're living your life. You're going, you're starting to take classes again, whatever. Um, and it's
0: good that you, uh, like you could realize the positives. Yeah. After so much negative shit too. to you, Yeah. Because you usually could have just gone back down the hole.
1: Well, I did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> but after that, it was great. A lot of up. But like, I right. I was like surprised. You're like, like wait a you... sec. I... This is not you. It got
0: even worse. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Don't
1: worry. Yeah. We said stepped... we had to, you know, I go one step up and two steps down. But it's all good. <laughs> so not basically. Even something to laugh
0: about. <laughs> I
1: know. But you got to laugh about it. Sometimes yeah. it's the only way. For sure. And. So it was like a month or so later and um and obviously like it's not his fault and it has not it yes, it has something to do with him, but there's nothing yeah. he could have done it, differently. It wasn't some and, big
0: blow up thing and
1: Right. And um obviously I was already dealing with like depression and stuff, so it was just a factor. Um but I basically just one night was just so 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 low and I just felt like absolute shit yeah. and I was just texting this like one friend of mine who I met through um my boy- my ex-boyfriend and mm-hmm. um we were just talking and stuff and I was like I just like I can't do it anymore like I just can't like everything just hurts so much I feel like shit I don't see the point and I took a bottle of sleeping pills wow and I'm full it was yeah I don't it was like I don't know, 20 or so pills. Um,
0: just kind of saying fuck it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And and it was really like spontaneous. It, that sounds mm-hmm. like such a positive word, and I don't mean that positively, yeah. but it just was... kind of like
0: here the moment. Like... Yeah,
1: it was just like reckless. Like I was just like, yeah. fuck it, I'm fucking done. And that was actually like what helped me get my bipolar 2 diagnosis was because of that incident. Because it was like I hadn't been really feeling that depressed or anything. Yeah. And it was just like a one night kind of like, I feel like absolute shit right now. I'm reaching a whole low. Um, and I remember the friend that was texting me was like, you need to go tell your parents like right now, like I'm calling 911. Um, and I went and I told my parents again, which I don't know how the fuck I did that too. But I remember in my head, I was like, I don't want my friend to be mad at me. Like that was my reasoning and not even like, oh, I should want to live. Yeah, So, um, and my parents like drove me to the hospital and I just remember my dad like the whole time in the car just being like, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake, yeah. like freaking the fuck out, but like trying to stay calm for me and, um, yeah, got to the hospital, checked me in, whatever, in the ER. And Do then, you remember? Yeah, I remember like bits and pieces of it and, mm. um, they, you know, like started me out on an IV and apparently they don't really, like, pump stomachs. Like, that's kind of a myth. That's, like, not something that they commonly do because at that point you're kind of just chasing pills. Um, Yeah. And so there's not really much they can do there. But what they had me do was I drank this, like, charcoal drink. Mm -hmm. And it was basically, it's, like, the consistency of paint. And, yeah, and it's, like, black. And you have to drink, like, a full cup of it. But it's basically to try to, like, absorb anything that hasn't been digested yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that, and then I was pretty much there for the night, just like sort of in and out of sleep and I remember I had like a telemed conference, which is like you know through like a video chat with the the psychiatrist who was gonna like evaluate me, and it was so like spur of the moment and so reckless that in my head I was kind of like... Obviously, I don't need to be checked back in again. Like, this was just a one-time thing. And thankfully, like, it was. But also kind of weird that I was able to sort of talk my way out of being checked in, considering I just, like, swallowed a bottle full of sleeping pills. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I managed to kind of talk my way out of it. And thankfully, everything ended up being fine, but still just kind of weird. Mm. Um, and, yeah, again, I remember just going home and it being so... Weird and hard to talk to people about it and I felt like such an asshole when you know Obviously, I was just dealing with my own shit and yeah Um, but yeah, it was that incident that helped my therapist, you know Recognize more of a pattern and that's what helped me get a diagnosis Which got me on certain medication that has been way more helpful for me. hmm So
0: do you think um, like that So you were with your boyfriend a month before this happened, and you said that it wasn't, like, a big blow-up. hmm But in some cases, I almost think that, like, if something blows up and there's actually, like, an argument or something, you have that kind of negative feeling towards him to be happier in the end because you'll more quickly get over it. Mm hmm And when it's kind of slow like that and you didn't really see, like, it coming at all, it's almost worse in a way. For sure. Because you still know the same person. Yeah. And you can't be like, oh, wow, that person changed. Or, wow, it's just different. Yeah, or just fuck them. They're just a dick now. Exactly. Right.
1: Yeah, that was definitely the hard part. And I remember, like, we'd met up some point after, like, a week or two after, like, get coffee and, like, talk again. And I was kind of just, like, questioning him more. And I remember being like, okay, well, how long have you been, like, out of love with me, basically? Like, how long have you not had those feelings? And he was like, mm, like... A few months. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You felt this way for a few months and you didn't tell me. And like...
0: I probably tore you up
1: For sure. And it was like, I looked a few months back and a few months back was, you know, my birthday and Christmas Mm -hmm. and all these things that we celebrated together that in my mind, I was like, you were just fucking lying the whole time. Like in my head the problem with that was then you know i questioned everything i yeah. was like well did he ever even love me how did he ever feel and so you're looking
0: at the similarities and differences between the moments where he quote unquote loved you totally and didn't love you totally so i'm
1: like comparing everything and i don't know i just think that made it a lot worse but but also i'm the kind of person like i understand both sides of it In a way, so I'm, like, from his point, I'm, like, yeah, obviously he doesn't want to, like, end a, you know, several-year relationship because he feels bad one day. Yeah. So, probably to take some time, but I was, like, a few months. Like, you know at that point you're just, like, afraid to do it, and I don't know. So, that was a lot, but it definitely just taught me a lot about myself and a lot about my own strengths and, like, independence and how much I value that, and after that relationship, like, that's what, like, you, you might not think you're a different person, like, when you're in a relationship and when you're not, but there are certain things that, you know, you feel kind of more freedom to do when you're not in a relationship, like, yeah, there was, there were just things where I was like, oh, I can just dye my hair now if I want and not have to worry about, like, my boyfriend getting like shit from his guy friends because I look like a lesbian now or like stupid things like yeah, that, for sure. you know, and I was like, oh, the T if they knew I was bi, but whatever. Yeah. It was just like that whole thing where I was always like trying to factor him into the equation and like his feelings and then after that, I was kind of like, well, fuck it. It doesn't matter now. Like, I can just do whatever I want to do because I want to do it.
0: Yeah, can't we, I can't believe we even like haven't even brought that up. Oh, yeah. Not even
1: remotely. There's just so much. We're already have 40 minutes in.
0: Are <laughs> we <minute>. really? <laughs> Is this going to be a 3 part?
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs> Intermission.
1: <laughs> Intermission. In case you had to plug in your computer because it's yeah. dying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're...
0: So, we're talking about... <laughs> the boyfriend yes and the fact that we haven't even mentioned that you're that bisexual. i'm cool. <laughs> yeah um when did you i've actually wondered about this because we haven't talked about yeah, that ask often me. but um when did you first have that question to yourself like mm-hmm. am i like this um and when did you full-on accept it
1: so I remember being in elementary school, so I think I've talked about this on one of the episodes before with my friend. We we did like a full like kind of sex episode, but
0: on one of these, episodes, yeah, really? yeah, Some BDSM uh, type stuff. Oh my god!
1: But <laughs> by uh, the way,
0: that was such an awesome thing. The test that yeah, I showed you it was so great.
1: <laughs> What's it called? Like BDSM test or something?
0: Yeah, I don't it's know. It's Just funny. It definitely gave me like a lot of confidence though, because
1: yeah, it gives it's good insight. Yeah, for sure. And um. Yeah, but I remember, like, I was definitely, like, early on the sexual development curve. Like, I remember being in elementary school, like, fourth grade probably was when I started watching porn. Like, that's how ahead of the game I was. Like, not yeah. only was I ahead of a fourth lot of my, grade. yeah, like, a lot of my, like, male counterparts, but, like, especially a lot of girls who, like, you know, are yeah wait a lot longer Um, i was a very curious kid (laughs) yeah
0: for sure even in middle school i remember like it was early for a guy to start watching that stuff in sixth grade yeah i was like oh wow you're doing that already like
1: oh yeah i was young yeah like in third grade i remember i googled boobs really yeah (laughs) so their first first (laughs) scandalous google search (laughs) (laughs) but um and i remembered like I would always watch like lesbian porn and stuff which is not uncommon for a lot of girls. Yeah. Um but and I remember I God bless my mom. I have I have like a really close relationship with my mom and I I like told her in middle school. And um I was I remember asking her and you know she didn't know any better but I was asking her and I was like does that mean that I'm gay? That I like watching lesbian porn and she explained to me, you know, no like a lot of girls do that. Um that's not That doesn't like mean anything necessarily but now looking back i'm like it did for me but it was fine you know but um yeah so i was like super curious from like a really young age and i knew that i kind of like liked girls but i didn't know but i knew that i liked boys too Mm -hmm. so that's why i was really confused i think was because like i knew for a fact that i liked boys and that was obviously more like accepted than liking girls so in my head i was like i like boys and then like i think girls are pretty too because mm-hmm. maybe it's because i want to be like them yeah. maybe it's that it's like envy or something
0: so i'm just like asking this based on stuff i've heard about like other relationships go but for it if you were with a guy mm-hmm. um and you weren't like full on together even if you are full on together would you want him to be willing to give you the freedom to like explore your other side every once in a while even if you're in a relationship, or do you think that'd be unfair?
1: Um, I think that would just depend on the relationship, and if you're, like, super monogamous, and... Like, for me, personally, when I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm in a relationship with them, and, yeah, like, that's it. I'm not trying to do anything else, but, you know, if your kind of relationship is more open and fluid, then that, I think, is your call, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's kind of my take on it. It's just, it's up to you guys together, though. I don't think it's, like, a one-person decisions yeah of. i
0: agree but it can be i feel like it can be hard because if someone is if you have a bi-personal relationship but then you're with someone who's straight mm-hmm. it's like okay so i'm never gonna i mean it makes sense to me but mm-hmm. i can definitely see how other people would be like i'm not gonna be able to explore this yeah if i'm in a relationship
1: yeah no i definitely get that and it is something that Obviously, like I want to explore for myself, but I wouldn't like when I was in a relationship yeah. because that's just me personally. But I um, I like to think of it as just kind of like bi people are not like inherently more like promiscuous or anything than straight people. It's mm-hmm. literally just that like we have more options. Yeah. <laughs> like the pool is just bigger. So like if I'm dating you, you should be even more flattered because
0: yeah, I picked sure. you out of a larger group. Than... But then it's like, <laughs> do you think... A boyfriend or a girlfriend would worry more about you talking to people because then they have to worry about you talking to not worry. Yeah, no, but, I know what you mean. But like, like when my girlfriend talks to other guys, it's like I'm not worried. Yeah. Because there's obviously like a lot of trust there, but
1: but there's like at that the same time, feeling.
0: I wonder. It's like okay, so I I'm I try to be optimistic, but obviously mm-hmm. sometimes I'm pessimistic. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have that feeling where it's like. <laughs> I just think the worst stuff ever. Right. So not only will that does that now happen with you and other guys. Yeah. But for another guy it me you could be girls. thinking about that when you're talking to other yeah. girls.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day it is just that kind of thing where it just like comes down to trust and it just has to come down to like if you're in a relationship with me, like you knowing that I'm loyal to you and that like that's that's like just how our relationship is. And that you know that I'm not going to talk to anyone else in that kind of way or anything. So I don't know. I think it just depends. But um, like my ex, he knew I was bi.
0: So have you explored that side at all?
1: Not really. Not as much as I would have liked to. I've had like crushes here and there. College. But college, baby, that's what it's about. But that's the thing too, is like it definitely does feel hard in high school because it feels like word Word travels so quickly, first of all. Mm -hmm. And um, you just your options are narrower. There's just not, like, people Definitely. aren't... Like, you know who's gay and who's in the LGBTQ community. Like, because it's just... I don't know, like, it's just a thing that's, like, known in high school. Whereas I feel like in college, you're just, like, meeting so many people and you're just meeting, like, people for who they are and not just, like, oh, you're the gay person yeah. in, in the class or whatever, you know? So, I don't know. I just felt like I would have a lot more kind of freedom in college. Whereas especially if I'd like hooked up or anything with a girl in high school, like you just know how fucking annoying some people are going to be about that and be like, Oh my God, would you guys do it in front of us at a party? Could we watch da. da, da." like (laughs) it would be that kind of shit.
0: Yeah. Are you saying with guys? Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. Like they
1: like fetishize it, you know,
0: for sure. Because it's like, I don't even, I don't even know how to explain it's, it, but yeah. it's all like, uh, it's so weird to think about. Right. I've been at several parties where guys have been like, Oh, you guys make up, egging girls the on to kiss yeah. Like that.
1: Yeah. So it just like kind of turns into this like circus that I just didn't, didn't need it to be. Um, and I was in a relationship again. So it was like, there wasn't much reason to.
0: Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's really interesting. Even I remember, um, being at one of the first parties after i ended that relationship Uh and the person who i'm with now was literally uh being like pressured yeah but not in an awful way yeah but like people were pressuring her to like make out with another girl yeah it happens all the time right and it's totally normal now
1: so that it was the, it was the kind of thing where I was like I don't need to like people to make this into like a spectacle like a thing for show when it's not that. So. Do you think
0: people like normalizing that though makes it easier for you to be by because it's more like that makes it almost more accepting cuz yeah. guys are kind of like into it in a way like I
1: mean in some ways yes but in some ways no because mm-hmm. I think that it it kind of like trivializes it or it just makes it seem like it's just like a game or it's just like something you do for fun when it's like no, that's actually like part of my identity and like part yeah. of you know the people that I am attracted to and um, I don't know. There are just so many like stupid stereotypes about like bi people too of like them being like overtly sexual and like yeah, for super sure. like you know more willing to cheat or this and that when you know those are just
0: it's just new And when it's new ideas. The few right. people it always happens where when it's something's new to being known or like to society yeah it's easier for a couple people to ruin it all right with literally everything
1: so it's just i don't know it just wasn't something that i felt like i i wasn't super open about it like if people asked i was fine to say something but i wasn't i don't know i wasn't actively dating a girl or anything so yeah. people had no way of really knowing otherwise
0: so is that one of like a college look, item yeah, <laughs> is that at the top
1: i mean i don't know like Obviously, like, the education part for me is, like, the number one because I'm just a fucking dork. But also just, <laughs> you know, meeting people and experiences with people. And it definitely is, like, an experience that I hope to have in college. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I explore that side of myself more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited to see how that goes <laughs> Me texting
1: you about my girlfriend and yeah, being
0: like, yeah.
1: oh, my God, this happened, da, da, da.
0: You better tell
1: me when. I will, don't worry. Some shit goes down. That'll be exciting to hear about. You'll stay in the loop.
0: yeah. Um, How were you being, like, supported by your family when
1: there's they're Yeah, they're really supportive, which I'm just, like, really um lucky to have. But I do think that, like many families, they had a lot of, like, questions where they were kind of just – um sometimes they were just like, well, how do you know for sure if yeah. you haven't dated a girl? Or how do you know this? Well, you know, how do you know you're straight when you're a kid when yeah. you haven't dated a person yet? You know, like, they're just – Things that you know that you don't have to um, necessarily... What the fuck are they doing? Coop. Oh, gosh. Um, but just things that you don't have to actually, like, experience experience before you know how you feel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can they maybe, like, at least act like they care that I'm recording?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw this I'm dark. like,
1: my family's so supportive, and I'm like, fuck them. <laughs> <Every night. laughs>
0: No, yeah but. that's interesting um how has it been with you and your sister you going through a bunch of
1: shit simultaneously with shit
0: her? and then <laughs> yeah like having to go away when you were a sophomore and a, no no when you were junior and senior mm-hmm. part one right
1: of what when she left or when
0: when you went you were it was between the years yeah. of sophomore and senior yes first. correct and then she, and then went she away was senior second
1: yes correct so yeah, kind of more after my shit was when her shit started really hitting
0: yeah for her. Did it make you closer because it was almost something like that was more relatable?
1: Yeah, in some ways yes. Um but in some ways it was hard because it did feel like sometimes our parents would compare our situations to one another when they were pretty different. Yeah. But we did we obviously experienced a lot of the same things, but um kind of our reasoning for why we were struggling was was a little bit different but basically yeah i don't want to give you know too much of her kind of story put too much that's of her story out there this. that's for later um
0: episode be- 75 or Yeah,
1: <laughs> because it's you know her story to share but um she's home now and stuff and it's been so great just like having her home and just being yeah. able to hang and have that back cuz we're really close um and you know not only because we're just super close in age but just because we have very similar personalities yeah
0: definitely and um, i think it's more important about the personality yeah aspect the age
1: like a lot of people say that you know if they're we kind of joke that like if they're friends with one of us they'll be friends with the other one of us which is
0: yeah my brother's 10 years older than me yeah but like eve my girlfriend's like oh my gosh it's the you're the same person. person yeah and we get along like in such an awesome way yeah even which is though, so cool yeah even though he's way older since our personalities just like match even with my sister too yeah i've always been able to like relate to them even me being younger not going through as many experiences Mm -hmm. it's always been so easy to talk to them obviously because they're family but the age just never seemed to really matter right
1: which is great which is what i love too and like we we definitely do have a special um bond and also just because our family's been through like just a lot of shit (laughs) in general so all three of my you know my i'm also close with my younger brother um but it's just, yeah, she's been through a lot and we both have struggled in that same way of like kind of coming back to the real world after experiences like those and trying to reconnect with your family and friends. And
0: Yeah, obviously that's hard when you go away and yeah. everyone changes so much so fast right. in these last two years.
1: Right, and everyone else is just like kind of living their lives. And I, rem- I remember it was really hard for me to like relate to people again afterwards because I was like, here I am feeling like, you know, I've been through all this shit, all this pain, all this misery. And then I'm like, talking to someone about like the cosmopolitan butt challenge or something where i'm like i just don't relate to you anymore so yeah it was just a weird adjustment to kind of have to make
0: how was your brother during this time like do you think you actually got closer with him when she was away because maybe he had to lean on you more because it was Stuff was happening.
1: Yeah, I definitely did. We definitely got a lot closer, especially just because it used to always be like my sister and I kinda teamed up against him because he was the guy, you know, so we would pick the movie because we'd have more votes. Exactly. He was younger, yeah. And um, but we definitely got a lot closer. And I think also just because he was he was a freshman this year, so he's gonna be a sophomore now. But so we would drive to school together and um I'm actually really you know, it's that's one of the great things about me doing another year of high school is I got to do basically a year of high school alongside him, which I wouldn't have done otherwise. So yeah. we got to get a lot closer. And, um, you know, he struggles with his own um, mental health stuff and, like, OCD is is a pretty big thing for him. But... Um,
0: is that, like... Obviously, some people have it different ways, but mm-hmm. is it even, like, a touching thing?
1: Yeah, I think a little bit. But I think for him... Um, It's more, like, intrusive thoughts and Mm -hmm, um, different things that he has to do. And, yeah, it's like, you know, we just we all deal with our own shit, but I think that's kind of the nice thing about this family is, like, you can't – there's nothing you can do to be the fucked up one. We're all already the fucked up ones. So it's like there's no no shame in that part, at least. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely been quite the journey. And I feel like at least some people who, like, know our family are kind of like, wow, you guys have – you got quite quite a hand of cards dealt to you there so
0: <laughs> you're
1: like <sticky>. yeah <laughs>
0: that is saying it very lightly
1: yeah it's been it's been a wild ride
0: what an interesting uh deck of cards mm-hmm. uh we won we didn't really go into like body image and weight until we went through the yeah the um uplift, uplift yeah yeah um how i feel like a lot of people struggle with it and I, mm. it's such a dumb thing yeah. Now, I really, like I think that, but it's so important. Like one reason I think it's right. dumb is because it's like so many people freak out about it, even though they shouldn't ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but how have you struggled more with that, like as years have gone by, or less as years have gone by?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's tough because you
0: get more pressure the older
1: right, you're getting. Right, and you're definitely more aware of it. Yeah. Um I don't know because I think in my younger years, I I was like i was a big kid like Mm -hmm. people if people see pictures of me i'll probably put one up on the podcast instagram with this um i was a bigger kid and i i did i played sports and stuff though like i was playing soccer i was active i liked that but i just was on the heavier side and Mm -hmm. um you know my dad grew up very 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 poor And, um, he didn't have access to healthy food and, uh, he never really learned anything about nutrition or anything. And so I think he kind of tried to, uh, he was, he was trying to do better for me and he saw that I was kind of looking like him as a kid and, um, that we were similar in that way. And so he wanted me to have better, but that meant that he was constantly like critiquing my food and, you know, I'd want to order pasta, and he'd say, I think you should get a salad. Yeah. Um, just things like that from a really young age that were pretty, pretty damaging long term. Yeah, I would
0: say that's like, even coming from your own family. That's yeah. hard to, that's like you always think about those things, and then someone else is realizing it that right. you're so close but It's like, wow, okay.
1: Yeah. So it was just, I was just very sensitive to that from a young age. And my mom, my brother, and my sister all built the same way. And they're both, they all have very thin, like, yeah. athletic builds. Definitely. Whereas my dad and I have, like, broader shoulders that, you know, we were big boned. Yeah. <laughs> all that shit that people would say. Um, So so that was harder for me, just seeing that. And, I, like, I was heavier than my mom by, like, fifth grade just mm-hmm. because of how small she was. And um, I used to wake up really early, I used to worry about like five in the morning on um, school days to do P90X with my dad in like oh, third really? or fourth grade. Wow. Because I was like... I need to lose weight and i did like my first diet by fifth grade where i was eating only tofu and beans for like a Jeez, week really? and i broke it at my friend's birthday party because they had only had was pizza and cheetos yeah that so, happens when you're young though it because does there's always
0: birthday parties going on and of it's course. always pizza and cake
1: of course and i was like you know i'm a kid i'm a fifth yeah. grader i still want to eat that shit and so it was i was already just like really fighting myself in my own brain and body from a really young age and as I got older i um obviously my body changed in puberty, and I you know leaned out a little bit, but um those feelings just like don't really go away no matter yeah. what you know no matter what your body ends up actually looking like and um so i I definitely still feel like I hold on to that kind of like fat kid identity a little bit, and so I'm very you know I'm just very aware of how I look at all times and when I feel like. People make comments or anything about it, even when they're not like trying to, I just, it's one of those things that's like a really sensitive spot for me is if someone says anything about me, like looking bigger or whatever it is. And most people don't, um, but just having that, that kind of being my, my Achilles heel, my little sensitive spot. So, um, yeah. And growing up, I think social media obviously doesn't always help. There's just so many people in there that, yeah, and it's just so much comparison constantly. And so unhealthy. It really is. and um, but Even yeah. though
0: I'm both, I think I'm being a bit more hypocritical because I'm always on that stuff.
1: I mean, we all are. That's yeah. the thing. It's so hard because as much as we want to shit on it, like, yeah, I spend half my time on there. Exactly. and I Wish I didn't, but sometimes it's like it's the only way to like stay in the loop and, you Good know. Good thing,
0: though. Last week. My phone use was down seventy percent.
1: Look at yeah, you! I, I was
0: proud of that. I was like, "Wow, it's pretty that's cool." That's huge. Average per day was like twenty to thirty minutes. I was like, no "Oh my way. god, that's insane!" Yeah, that's good. I think
1: right now I'm like four hours, which is really that's bad. That's usually
0: yeah. It's yeah, around what I was at as well. Yeah, and like Wait, so, you're saying you're on your phone four hours and I know, you haven't I know, the, I know. You know exactly. I what know, I'm know. To say. I
1: know. I'm a bad responder still, but it's honestly mostly at just random times that I'm on my phone. But yeah, um i i've always just struggled with food then kind of as a result of that and um i binge eat which is not something fun to experience and um it's just yeah just everything's like shame based like i used to go through cycles of like i would just binge and um Which, you know, looks different for different people. Yeah, it's like snacking, but it's like to the most extreme level where like you feel absolutely sick afterwards. And you're not even really eating for enjoyment. You're just kind of eating to like fill this void. Yeah. Like I remember the one night where I was like, oh, i like really need help. Like this is really bad was I was eating like I took like a loaf of bread and I was just eating it and like dipping it in water. So it would just like go down faster.
0: Really. Like
1: it's that kind of thing to the point where like you're not eating to you're eating to like fill this emotional hole and um and then I would feel so guilty and so awful and like sick to my stomach after that I wouldn't eat for like two days Wow. so it's just like it was just this awful awful cycle and um you know I've gone through I still binge every now and then and you know it's not something that I am proud of but it's still something that I struggle with and that I'm working on and um, how do you
0: even work towards not having to do that
1: it's just a lot about like finding healthier coping mechanisms than food and like being able to be in a situation and recognize that the way that you're feeling um like instead of trying to kind of solve your problems with like food like thinking really about what it is that you're feeling and why you have that um desire to to eat and saying, you know, am I actually feeling sad right now? Am I feeling stressed? What are the real issues going on and trying to address those? And, um, but there've been times too, where, you know, obviously I, I got a lot bigger too, when I couldn't really move for most of the day and was yeah. in bed all the time. And, you know, I was on the like water retaining medication, so I was a lot heavier and, mm. um, things like that. And so there was a time when I was like definitely like eating less than i should have been for like several months and like was restricting and um like over exercising and things but you know again it's just so hard because then you go out and everyone's like oh my god you look amazing you look so good wow you look so healthy when like in reality i'm like unhealthier than i've ever been but that you know everyone complimenting you and stuff like fuels it in
0: your head Fuels the negative stuff that you've been doing
1: Totally. So it was, um, a long battle, but thankfully like that didn't last that long for me. And I was able to kind of get away from that. But for a lot of people, that's not, it's not that simple. And, um, honestly it more just ended because I had no choice because I was in so much like pain otherwise. And, yeah. um, but
0: does that yeah. relate at all to being like bipolar? Like when you get into like, did, or do did... You're on medication, so you say it's better. Mm-hmm. But like, when you did do that, is this something that kind of changed with it, and you get into those episodes?
1: Yeah, that's actually a good question because I don't really know. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't get the bipolar diagnosis until like a little, like a year and a half ago. So, yeah.
0: so maybe this entire time, it, you could have been doing these like right. Things it could be tied up, so in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But um, yeah, definitely interesting to think about. But it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things that uh is really hard to shake and yeah. that kind of mentality and that little voice in your head is not easy to shoo away
0: <laughs> so do you still do you think that medication really works for you because i've personally never been able to tell like oh this is because people get into episodes where yeah. they can get very happy or then you just get extremely upset mm-hmm. not want to do anything so do you find yourself like going through those episodes like now even when you're on that medication
1: um I've had maybe two or three episodes of hypomania. So I have bipolar too. So um, I think I explained this in like the last episode or a few ago, but they're basically the main difference is that like uh, to my understanding, of course, I have no degree in this and Mm -hmm. you should probably do more research if you want for sure, for sure facts. Yeah. Um, But... Bipolar one is sort of more drastic swings and they're more frequent. Mm -hmm. Um, So it goes from like mania to basically like just a really, really low state.
0: Yeah. That's the only one that I've ever been. Right.
1: And so bipolar two is um, basically like longer, more drawn out cycles. And for the most part, you're, you're more often in the lower state. And then, so it looks a lot more like depression with just then Mm -hmm. every now and then spikes of what's called hypomania. So it's like, like less drastic mania so for some people it looks like talking really quickly and then suddenly all their thoughts are coming out like this yeah or you know the sudden urge at one in the morning to clean their entire room and then they don't sleep for three days or just things where it's um where you're you're elevated basically and uh and don't self-diagnose, guys. If you've, like, cleaned your room in the middle of the night, you don't need to, you I'm don't need to panic. I'm bipolar now. Yeah.
0: I totally do the same thing. I'm so yeah. bipolar. Yeah.
1: yeah, you do not need to panic. But there are just some of the ways that it manifests sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I didn't know that for a long time. But having been on the medication that I'm on for that, it's helped so much. And just with the overall, like, that low feeling, that depressive feeling, it's helped so much with that and just brought my baseline up to something that I would consider like more normal and um I still have low episodes and elevated episodes every now and then but much less frequently than I did before and with less severity so highly highly recommend at least trying medication at some point if it if you are really struggling with your mental health and um you know because for me at least it made a huge huge difference and obviously everyone's different but worth a shot so
0: yeah that's really interesting to think about mm-hmm. i know there's there is controversy over like medication yeah. used for for types of mental health so it's interesting in the opinion of someone who actually has uses them so yeah. <laughs> but someone who's also maybe benefited from the use of them yeah but so it there's... definitely
1: yeah like it takes a while like sometimes you're not always going to be on the right medication for you so and yeah, sometimes for sure. you got to it's it's trial and error but yeah. at least for me I was like I was so low it was like what's there left to lose. Yes. Yeah, you know true, I might yeah, as well true. try something and I'm so glad that I did.
0: So to this day what are what are you taking for mental health stuff?
1: Yeah, so I take um medication for uh bipolar 2 and it's um it's a mood stabilizer too, mm-hmm. or it's, it's called an antipsychotic. That's like the category of uh, medication that it's in. But again, like with a lot of uh, medication used to treat like anxiety, depression, all these kinds of things, they have other uh, treatments, things that they do as well. So just because it's called an antipsychotic doesn't mean that I I don't experience psychosis. It's never been something I've experienced, but um, it just, the medication also happens to treat bipolar two, you know? So it's like things like that. Um, so I take medication for that. And then I take, um, medication that helps me, uh, with my fatigue in general, because with depression and, and, you know, bipolar depression, things like that, fatigue is like a really big kind of symptom of that and, um, your energy level. So I take something for that and, I used to just be on so many different medications and tried all these things for migraines. And thankfully now I found the medication that worked that literally like saved my life because it made me able to function again and do normal things. And so being on both of those together of, you know, the migraine and the bipolar medication have just been the perfect concoction for me. But, um, you know, obviously it took a really long time to get there. So to anyone trying medication, I would just say, be patient
0: yeah um keep keep hope
1: yeah exactly
0: so is this time for questions
1: i guess so i mean okay i'll say one other thing though about like the skin picking because that for me has been like a really
0: um how long has it how long have you been doing that for because i haven't even known you and i didn't know until you literally told me
1: right um i looking back now I can see that it started for me probably around fourth or fifth grade, but really? it got bad in middle school and then bad in high school. So, but I I didn't know what it was until maybe eighth grade. Um, and no. I didn't know that it was like a thing that people had. I just thought I was so fucked up and I couldn't like control myself from picking at my skin and I didn't really understand yeah. it. And
0: I wonder how many of these things like are going with you during your like episodes.
1: Oh, right. Uh, being bipolar. Yeah, no, there's a lot of a lot of things are just so intertwined and just like that, you know, your mind body connection is so real. And, um, again, it's, that was what was always hard too, was it was like, how do I separate potentially, you know, depression that's related to, um, you know, bipolar disorder or if it's related to the migraines or even if it's like fatigue or something, is that migraine related? Is that depression related? Is that just, I didn't sleep well last night related? Like you just, it's hard to connect symptoms sometimes, but for me, you know, everything is just so intertwined that, um, sometimes it's just not even worth it to try to separate stuff, but yeah, for sure. So yeah, the skin picking was definitely a big thing. Um, like in middle school was when it started getting bad and I would spend just like hours in the morning, just like trying to do my makeup to cover it. And I had no idea what I was doing too. With was makeup. it always on
0: your face? Was yeah. So like my face, my
1: face was where it started and where it was, my face is still where it's like the most concentrated, but Um, other places that I pick are like my shoulders, my back, my chest, my legs. So, um, it's definitely like an all body kind of thing. And, um, you can, you can hear my dad on the phone in the back, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, it just, it's the kind of thing where like, I would pick for hours and hours on end, like three hours in the mirror. And I would just end up crying because I was like, what the fuck have I done? And, um, you know, my skin's all bloody then and I have scabs everywhere and I just feel like absolute shit and, um, just like so much shame around that and just feeling ugly, feeling gross, feeling like people would judge me for it. And, um, Again, it's just it's one of those things. It's really hard to explain that people are kind of just like, "Well, why don't you just stop?" And it's like, "Well, I fucking wish I could <laughs> so yeah, badly. <laughs> even... If I could, I would flip that switch any day." Like, but it's just so much more. Um, you know, it's it's in the family of OCD, and it's yeah, for sure one of those things that just I've done a lot of therapy to try to work through, moving through it. And sometimes there are days that are better for me, days that are worse, but. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just been a lot, a lot to deal with. And, um, I always hated that it felt like kind of an outward expression of my internal, you know, feelings. And I felt like people could tell if I was having a really bad day because it showed on my face. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, so I don't know. It was a lot of shame around that, but I've gotten to a place now that I'm a lot more comfortable with myself and more comfortable with my skin, but yeah, it still is a lot for me to like, Go anywhere without makeup or show people um, my skin normally, and I don't wear a lot of makeup normally now. It's just I just wear like concealer and stuff, but Jazzy. yeah. When I was when I like freshman year,
0: in one ear out the other for me. Yeah, know yeah. <laughs>
1: It, which is crazy, too, because, again, it's one of those things where, like, you think it's ev- your whole world and you think everyone notices, but That's like, people yeah. don't. And yeah, Um my face was fucking orange for all of freshman year because I would wear really? foundation that was not shade matched to me at yeah. all. And, like, just I would spend so long. I, I used to, like, if I didn't wake up with enough time to cover my makeup, to do my makeup and cover my scars and stuff, I would... I would like act like I was sick or something really? in middle school. Just and like fake it. Yeah. Because it was just I like the idea of going to school and people seeing me without yeah. all that prep was like so
0: humiliating to me. That also even happened to me with the psoriasis thing. Yeah. I was saying. Yeah. Because when people started to notice, I would like try to pick it because it would even itch. But then yeah. even I would sometimes have like, I would get scabs on my scalp or it would get bloody because I'd be so scared. And then if one morning I woke up and I took a shower and the shower didn't kind of shit away yeah i would just be like mom i just got out of the shower and i just like almost threw up i just feel really bad mm-hmm. and just kind of just be like yeah so i was just so not happy with it and was so embarrassed of people
1: completely which that's...
0: actually happened before like people did say something yeah and people said what... stuff so for me before too yeah. just and that stays with feels... you yes it's so weird but completely. then one like the happen a couple times throughout my life like big things have just been happening over a long course of time like the psoriasis thing was mm-hmm. one of them um and just i can totally remember the moment where i started to just it started to go away yeah and i was so much more happy like it was crazy how my emotions changed just based yeah. off that one thing that always i always thought about and now i never think about it right so it's crazy thing that some one thing can just make such a difference and then just go away
1: absolutely and It can be
0: so amazing but then you just stop thinking about it because it's not a problem anymore
1: Yeah. I'm waiting for that day. (laughs) Yeah, But I mean, I think for me, I don't know for me, it's like, it's one of those things that I know I'm going to struggle with for a long time and I know it's going to be a part of my life. And I just, it's just about working to improve it and working to make it
0: and accept yourself. Yeah,
1: exactly. And still loving myself exactly. with that and making sure, you know, just making sure it's not at the point where it's interfering with my life and making it so I don't want to go out or I don't want to do the things that I like to do because it's been that way before and I don't want to yeah. let it get to there again.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: But yeah, I think, are we at questions?
0: I think we are. Do you want to guess where we're at for time?
1: Oh God. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking I, long.
0: I think we actually packed a good amount in towards that end. Okay. Um, but... What do you think this time plus what we did two days ago is, is?
1: Oh, probably like 2.30 or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. Are we about there? Yep. 2.28. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Um, you sent me pictures of the questions. Yes. So I will.
1: Yeah. So this was just, I just had um, a few people who asked some questions after I put a thing up on my Instagram mm-hmm. story. So Jackson's going to ask me those questions now.
0: Did you send? Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna ask the dumb one.
1: <laughs> one of my best friends asked, "Do you poop with the door open
0: or closed?" <laughs> okay, um, this is a du- this is like it took two things to send. Okay. I know you've had some health issues, and also I've talked about mental health for yourself, and I've always admired how true to yourself you are, how true to yourself you are. Could you touch on that from your perspective? Of being admired from other people based on what how you have like talked about mental oh, health
1: that's really sweet um
0: that's a hard one to answer too because yeah
1: you're... i mean it i i love that people can hear my story or hear you know me being open about stuff and that it helps them and that yeah. it you know inspires them to talk about their issues and stuff more like that's all that i could ever ask in um hope to gain out of this podcast like that makes me so so happy because I just know that you know I would have wanted someone else or someone older or whoever it was or someone that I respected to to talk about stuff openly so then I wouldn't feel like I was so fucking crazy and alone you know so um, I don't know that that means a lot to me that's really sweet and I don't know if people like really admire me I don't know if I would say that but that's it's really sweet. Just thinking that you know
0: to know your podcast has like reached has affected people. people you, yeah. yeah,
1: like that to me is just insane. And every day I wake up and I'm so just blown away by that and grateful.
0: Yeah. Uh, next one is what was the hardest thing about adjusting back to normal life, i.e., going back to school and
1: mm. um, I yeah I would, I think the hardest thing was probably realizing that everyone else is lives have had kind of just gone on Mm -hmm. whereas it felt like mine had been like you know put on pause for like a a while and kind of coming back and realizing that people who were my friends or things like that had gotten closer with one another and I didn't really have those opportunities and um, again just kind of going back to the to the world of high school where people were talking about things like the Cosmobald and Butt Challenge, just things like that that I just didn't really feel like I could connect with anymore.
0: Yeah, because you had missed that time. Yeah, like I felt like I'd
1: lost some of my innocence in a way. And um, I think a big part of that was just learning to to not be mad at other people because they hadn't gone through things like what I'd gone through. And, um, you know, like I couldn't resent them for that. It had just been their life. They hadn't dealt with that. So what was I supposed to do, you know, Um, and just kind of coming to accept that.
0: Um, Another good one. I actually really like this one. In your darkest times, what was the driving force that seemed to keep you going? If mm. you had one or, or more?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think... It would be cliche, but I think definitely the people around me. The people that I love. My family, my friends. Um. But I think... Above all, I think it would probably be my desire to help other people. Mm. I, um, you know, this is not, again, this is not something I'm proud of, but for me, when I was in my darkest times and when I didn't even have enough in me to love myself and care for myself, mm. the one thing that did kind of keep me going was me saying, you know, at least live or and do this for other people. Because yeah. you know that if you... things now then all those people who you could have helped won't get that help so for sure for me it was almost like do it for other people and you know the things that i want to be able to help people with um and i need to be able to do it for myself and i am at the point now where i can but in the darkest times that was kind of what helped me going keep
0: going how do you approach life slash issues now having gone through what you have is there like, mm. do you have a different perspective now since you've been through so much stuff?
1: I definitely think so. I mean, it, again, it is one of those things that everyone tells you, but people are dealing with their own shit and you have no idea what it is. Yeah, what's and so, actually going on. Right. And so like, just don't make judgments on that. And, um, I think just also that people are so much more willing to like love and accept you and hear what you have to say and... Um, be non-judgmental than you think they are like you are you i at least always had this perception that like everyone else was just like judgmental and wouldn't understand and wouldn't want to listen but every like almost everyone i've ever told my story to or talked about has really open been exactly and so understanding and like made me feel so comfortable and welcomed and um i think i just was definitely more cynical about people prior to kind of sharing my own stuff and opening up
0: that's kind of like a stereotypical thing that you like think of big groups i remember yeah listening to an episode with someone who just happened to be uh i forget if he was bisexual or gay Mm -hmm. but he was saying like i used to hate straight guys because i always thought they would be so against me but every single Mm -hmm. time i just talked to one of them it was totally different story right it was very accepting so I think it's important to just be, like, honest and just be able to have a conversation with someone.
1: Completely. It's definitely just, like, if you give people a chance to be good, they will.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like to think that way. Yeah. What's your biggest piece of advice for those struggling with mental health?
1: Oh. Oh, that's tough.
0: Yeah, that is tough. Um, it's also very dependent on the person, too.
1: Right. I would say, yeah, I, I would just say reach out. Please, please, please reach out. It's the hardest thing to do. And anyone, you know, who's currently struggling with that, please just know that you deserve to get help. That was at least something that I would always tell myself was I was like, you're not even worthy of help. You're not even worthy of their time or anything. You deserve to get help. Please reach out to a friend, to a parent, a trusted adult, therapist. Reach out to me for like, like DM me anything. Come talk about it on the
0: podcast. Come talk
1: about it on the podcast. But even if you just want to talk it to me, like just please reach out in some way or another. And it feels so hard. Believe me, I know. And it's so uncomfortable at first. It really is. But even just the littlest thing can really help you get going on a different track. And if you are past that point already where you've already, you know, like reached out, talked to people and stuff, I would just say... Make sure to continue the conversation,
0: yeah, definitely. because that was
1: something that was hard for me, where I was like, oh, I've already told people I'm struggling with this, so I don't want to keep talking about it and make it like that's my personality trait, or yeah. or you know over overburden them with my tales of depression, whatever it is, and yes, be careful who you're sharing with because sometimes people are going through their own stuff, and it's hard for them at that point, but I would just say, keep the conversation going and know that you're allowed to talk about it more than once and that you're allowed to keep." reaching out when you're struggling and know that you have a support system in place who do want to see you get better and who want to help you through that so
0: so i am gonna end the questions after this one this one's similar to one but it's also different in a way. it goes what slash who do you think motivated you to push the hardest your hardest times and you explain that like your friends or family did mm-hmm. but i like the what part of it because mm-hmm. there could have been something or like I don't know, some idea or something that helped you like coped with everything going on.
1: Yeah. I think um, a part of it was definitely like dreams for my future self.
0: Yeah. And those That's got cool.
1: Those got dark at some times. And it, I think when the alarm bells start going off is when you can't see those dreams anymore. Yeah. And um, it definitely does, it, or at least for me, it definitely did get to that point. But at least when I could still see those, it was really helpful to. To like plan them out in some way, like to just envision things and say, oh, what if I looked into like this amazing internship program that I could maybe do at some point? Even if I didn't feel like I was emotionally or mentally or even physically able to do that in my current state, it was just kind of nice to look ahead at something. And then I would also just say any kind of hobby. It sounds so stupid, but just any kind of hobby that you can get where you can actually like produce things with your hands or with your brain or whatever it is where you're actually like making something it gives you this sense of like value and that like you're actually contributing to the world and so for me it was crocheting and like yeah it's it sounds like so silly but it really i don't know it just kind of grounds you again and sort of gives you a sense that like you're actually doing something
0: yeah so to keep tradition I'm sure you ask <laughs> every single person who's ever gotten the podcast what they have to say to people watching or a younger mm-hmm. self or something like that. So what do you have to say?
1: I think I would say I'm going to be my little cliche because it is what my tattoo says. But I think I would just say that you are enough yeah. just as you are. Absolutely no changes. Like regardless, I don't care if you're fucking not even showered right now and if you're gross, whatever, like. And who you are as a person, everything. You are enough and you don't need anything else to make you better. And um, that doesn't mean like you can't grow and change, but no matter what state you're in right now, you're good enough and you should never, never let anyone make you feel like you aren't. And don't let yourself make you feel like you aren't because sometimes that's the hardest person to have to fight with is yourself.
0: That's awesome. So yeah. I like that. Big 50. Is. Big
1: 50. We did it, buddy.
0: I know. 2 hours uncutted 2 hours and 39 minutes.
1: Guys, if you stuck around for this long, <laughs> thank you so much. Yep. <laughs> much appreciated. All right. That's it. Thanks for doing it.
0: Glad to be a part of it.